Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Come on, somebody say glory to God. Come on, somebody say glory to Jesus. Come on, this is, you know, I've heard, you know, let me just say something. I'm going to be clear about this because we don't want to get this twisted. It's all about him. Hello? It's all about him. None of this has to do with me, my wife, our pastors. None of this has to do with our leaders. None, all of it belongs to him. All the glory belongs to him. And yes, God wants to bless you. Yes, God has blessed you. Yes, God is moving in your life. Yes, God is going to provide. But I want to tell you, even if he doesn't do another thing for me, he's done it all. Hello? And we have to live a life like he died on the cross with our hands wide open. Saying, Lord, none of these things have me. Only you have my heart. And I think that's the balance, the, the radical balance of walking in the presence of God. That any moment he can say, give it all away. And you say, yes, sir. Not just because you know there's a principle. And I know that many of us live by principles and principles are good and we need principles. Proverbs talks about principles. But I want to tell you, the presence of God and the glory of God, we never want to forsake his presence. We never want to, we always want to be sensitive to what the Lord says. And whether or not I get a hundredfold back, it doesn't even matter. Because at the end of the day, I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick in your name. But he said, don't rejoice in these things, but rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Can somebody just give God praise for being saved? When's the last time you just praise God for being saved? When's the last time we just praise God for the cross? When's the last time we just praise God for taking the punishment? And the, come on, somebody, when's the last time that we just say, God, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't have to pay the penalty that you did it already? Many times we have made church about us when it's all about him. He is the firstborn of many brethren. He is the bright and morning star. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Come on, somebody. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. It's, uh, my faith, I can believe, I believe. It's, he's the author of that. And I believe that God is aligning us and getting us into the place where we are. When we say a presence driven culture we're saying that we are Jesus driven culture the presence of Jesus makes the difference somebody say the presence of Jesus makes the difference come on help me out somebody say the presence of Jesus makes the difference and his presence is here right now and we're not gonna we're not gonna go one service without contending we're not gonna go one day not just in a service my God it gotta be in our homes it gotta be in our families it gotta be in our workplace everywhere we go we want to experience the presence of God so when we say first things first, there's a lot of sermons about vision. My only vision this year is for the presence. I need the presence of God. I can't do it without the presence of God. I don't want anything else but the presence of God. It was because of the presence of God that came into my jail cell when I was 19 years old that my life was transformed. It was his presence that made the difference. And I believe that this is the year we talked about it, the supernatural expansion. Please, if you can get the podcast, get it. It's a time of enlargement, the time of advancement. But let's put the first thing first. Somebody say his presence. 
And we want to put an emphasis this year. Pastors, listen to me. Leaders, listen to me. We want to communicate this to the house that this year we're putting an emphasis on the presence of God. This year we're going after the presence. That's what we're doing right now. We're going after the presence of God. We want the presence. Somebody say, I want the presence. Now, I know some of you are saying it just because I'm saying it, but I really want the presence. I want the presence of God in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my home first. But not just the presence, but the manifest presence, the glory of God. And I believe that from the inception, from the beginning point of Relentless, that God said, I want you to lead people into an encounter with God. And he put an emphasis that we were not a purpose-driven church, but we were a presence-driven church. That we were not need-driven, but we were presence-driven. That we were not personality-driven, but we were presence-driven. And so we want to stay in that sweet spot that God has for us and that God has for you. We have a presence-driven culture. What does that mean? And it's, if his, somebody say this. If his present, presence isn't with us, we won't go. Come on, say it like you believe it. If his presence isn't with us, we won't go. We prove that in the worship. We say, hold up, something's happening. We don't feel the presence of God. We feel like God is lifting. We got to go where God is. So we need to do something. Let's, like, Crystal does this thing. She like, she does like the judo. We got to do something. The presence of God. So if, if his presence isn't with us, we won't go. If his presence isn't on it, we won't do it. Hello? We're not just taking good ideas this year. We're not just going to bring any minister in this year. We're not just going to prophesy anything this year. We want to go where the presence is going. We want to be where the presence of God is being. And we want to be an encouragement and challenge you as we lead presence, uh, as we lead in this charge towards the presence, that you will lead your families and your homes and your jobs in the presence of God. Moses said this, he said, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you, continue to find favor with you, remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. What did he say? My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses valued the presence. You know what our core value is this year? It might just be one that we focus on, the presence. We got to value the presence. Is the presence on it? Is the presence with us? Is the grace of God pushing us forward? Are we doing it in our own strength? The thing that kills the presence is performance. When we think that we got it, when we think that we're good, when we think that we can live off some principles, yeah, you can live out of some principles, but you still might not have the presence. And the presence is what separates you. The presence is what brings the distinction. Moses had this epic dialogue with God. But what does it mean, my presence? I believe it means a few things. It means that God wants to be present in every area of our life. Somebody say, Lord, be present in every area. Every room of my house. God, every room. Every TV screen. Every computer screen. God, be. If you don't want me on it, I'm not on it. Come on. You got to be sensitive to the presence of God. God, if you're drawing me away, let me be drawn away. Let me not be distracted by Netflix. Let me not be distracted by Facebook posts. Let me be drawn into your presence because that's where it is. And that's where you are. God wants to be present in every life, in the valleys and on the mountains. And later God reminds Israel that when they conquer and they made it from the bottom to the top, now they hear. that he was still numero uno 
number one. Is he numero uno right now? Some of y'all repenting right now. Me too. That's our new me too. I'm repenting. Me too. You sinned. Me too. You fell short. Me too. Hello? You, you trusted in your own strength. Me too. So listen to this. I got to hurry through this. Exodus 25, 30. And you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. I wrote a post earlier this uh, last year that this is the year of discerning the table. Discerning who's at your table. Discerning what table God has called you to. Discerning who you are and what your position is at the table. Some tables I sit at, I might be at the head. But some tables I sit at, I might not be. And I have to know how to open my mouth when I'm supposed to and close it when I'm not. The table emphasizes God's provision for Israel. You know, many times God was calling his people to eat with them. He called the elders and Moses to come to the mountain and to have a meal with him. The table highlights the intimate fellowship that exists between God and his people. Now listen to this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, because we want to keep it Jesus-centered. I believe that as a church, and listen to me, leaders and pastors, when we preach and when we declare the word of the Lord, somehow we have to tie Jesus into it. Jesus has to be a part of it. If Jesus ain't in it, I don't want to be in it. If Jesus ain't on it, I'm not just talking about God, I'm talking about Jesus is God. Many times we talk about God, but we don't talk about Jesus. And I want to talk about Jesus this year. How about you? All right, three people. Behold the virgin, Matthew 1, 3. Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name what? Emmanuel, which is translated what? God is with us. The presence. Somebody say, I need your presence. And say, God, God, are you with me? Are you, have you been in all my decisions? Have you been in all my posts? Have you been in all my business? G, G, check your, check your, is he with you? Is he, Jesus, are, are, are you in my finances? Jesus, are you, are you, is that, are you in my ear? Is he with you? Because Jesus, Emmanuel, means God is with us. John 6, 31, I am the bread. We're talking about the show bread. I am the bread. Actually, it says the bread of his presence. That's what it's called, the bread of his presence, which came down from heaven. So Jesus, as the bread of life, came down from heaven, also represents the presence of God amongst the people in the earth. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Somebody say glory to God. Come on, there's life in this bread. Come on, there's life in this bread. Come on, there's life in this bread. And I'm going to ask us right now, you got your communion cups. We're going to receive communion in a little bit. But I want to tell you that there's life in this bread. Can we play something a little bit more happier? Just a little shifted a little bit for me, my brother. <laughs> Somebody say, what's up, Marcus? Side note, Marcus and O'Shea are coming with me to India next week. Glory to God. We'll talk about that in a minute. Somebody say, glory to God. Come on, lift up your hands and just feel that presence. Glory to God. Come on, glory to you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Now listen to these words. They're very, 
important. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who comes to me. There's an invitation because later on he says, come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you rest. There's an invitation to the presence of God. He said, who comes to me shall never hunger, and who believes in me shall never thirst. He who comes to me is a perspective that I believe that we have to have as a church that I personally need to have. Like I said before, it's not just him coming to meet my need. It's not just him coming to do what I need him to do. It's not him coming to turn everything around in my life. But it's me yielding and coming into his presence. God, it's all about you. I got all this going on, but you know what? I'm going to look at you. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to look to you. Somebody say perspective. Our services are not designed. Our, ser our services are designed to encounter God. Our services are designed in a way that we can enter his presence, worship our king, and hear from heaven. That's the way our services are designed. And we believe that as we honor God, that God will save the lost, that God will save the, uh, will heal the brokenhearted, that bodies will be healed, that all these things will happen as we focus on him. So in the sense, the service has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. But in another sense, when he walks into the room, <laughs> everything changes. Come on, somebody. Everything begins to shift. How many felt the shift when we stepped into his presence? You know, it says when he walks into the room, it's more like we come into him. We come into his presence. We come into where he's at. We come to where he abides. We come to where he rests. And it says in Psalm 16, 11, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Listen, I want to tell you this year, we're going to go after the presence of God. And we know that as we focus on him, there's a promise. I used to say, Lord, why does it say that? Show me the path of life. And then randomly it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Because I believe what God, what he's trying to say, if you want to know your purpose in life, if you want to see, if you want to know the next direction, if you want to know the next step, get in the presence. Get in the presence of God and let him begin to reveal to you by revelation what he has for you. And I'm telling you, the enemy will fight you tooth and nail to get into the presence of God. And that is why, beloved, there are two weapons that we can use. One is repentance. Submitting to God. Listen to this. James 4, 7 through 10. So then surrender. Somebody say, I'm surrendering this year. So we're doing a 21-day fast. I'm trying to put this all together. We're doing a 21-day fast. It starts tonight. We're going to have some sheets outside um, where it's actually going to give a prayer, like what we're going to be praying every three days. We're going to change the prayer. The first three days are praying uh, repentance. Our prayer focus is repentance and, and you know, drawing close to the Lord. The next three, day, uh, three days uh, is going to be uh, personal intimacy and hunger for God and hunger for his word. And then the next three days are going to be for the family. And we're going to pray for our families, our church family, our extended families that will come to know the Lord. On the, on the next three days is going to be praying for the government and for America praying that God will see we will see a breakthrough in these areas and in the next uh, three days it's going to be praying I believe it's going to be for missions and for nations and for the persecuted church we're going to be lifting those things up to the Lord and in the last day we're going to be praying the last three days we're going to be praying for revival amen and praying for our spark prophetic conference that we'll be able to come into this anointing and this glory as we end our fast how does that sound
And what we're going to do is we're going to have a Facebook Live with people like Pastor Tim, with Charity, and different people like that. We're going to come on Facebook at 6 o'clock to 6.30, as well as on our prayer line. Uh, don't body panic. I see a lot of people panicking right now who, who, who don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm just doing it right now, okay? Y'all going to know after the service. <laughs> y'all, see, y'all help. Say, somebody help my pastor, please. But listen to this. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him. He will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners. Keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made low. These, these first few days, we're going to go low before the Lord. We're going to go low. We're going to forgive. We're going to, you know, I, th- I let him go in 2020, but you're still angry. Why you let him go, but you're still angry, though? You're still mad, but you let him go. Let it go. Let it go. It can't hold me back anymore. Remember when um, uh, Prophet Kevin, when he came in here, he said, yeah, you let it go, but you're still trying to prove something. So we're going to go low. Me too. Low. Because we want to experience the presence of God like never before. Be willing to be made low before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Come on, let's just stand on our feet. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash Relentless DC.